Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, marks and smarks alike, we proudly welcome you to the internet's only wrestling podcast. That's right, we are the only one. We want to welcome you to Pin the Champ! Hey guys, welcome to Season 2 of Pin the Champ. It's our very first episode of 2022, and we have been gone for a while, haven't we, Song? Yep, we are back and ready to roll. Absolutely, man. So, you know, first and foremost, we want to say so sorry that we've been gone so long without any notice. We're a relatively young podcast, so we're kind of still figuring out our cadence. We decided basically just to take a, a break through the winter and re kind of restructure everything and get back together uh, in the new year. It's February now. And uh, I mean, we've been watching wrestling for the most part, you know, throughout the whole yeah. thing. Uh, I, uh, for a while there, Raw got so boring that I stopped watching it, <laughs> but uh, it's WrestleMania season. I think now that we're back, you know, doing the podcast again, it's going to, I'm going to get back into watching most of the product. Uh, right. no, Jeremiah is just being polite. We had a full blown, uh, intercompany explosion, uh, resulted in a uh, death match between Kyle and I. Oh yeah. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So, uh, as you may notice, uh, there's only two of us on the podcast now. Uh, we, Kyle and I had a loser leave town match, and uh, I beat him pretty good. I beat him yeah, pretty man. good. Tell him lie. what you did to his yeah. face. Oh, I busted his face with a fluorescent bulb, so he's scarred for life. Yeah, um, let's, let's back we, up for a minute. Nobody's so going to want to see that face. Right. So, as you know, we have our backyard wrestling promotion. <laughs> and, yeah, Song and, and, and the professor... They had a backyard death match. It was, I mean, it could have, I mean, honestly, the professor kind of, he was ahead most of the match. And then when you went under the ring rope or under the, the, the ring, the ring you know, it's yeah. not really tr slash trampoline. Uh, <laughs> Grab that light tube and just cranked it right into his face. And, and the weird thing is, is I think you really fucked him up because uh, now he's he's you know the only thing we've really heard out of him is that he's decided to go try to start the territories back up again so i don't know if there's some mental uh something going on there man i don't know right. if he should have taken that match on he well says he, he we won't not... see him for a while until he's uh he's uh he's on his journey to uh bring back the old territories so yeah dude i mean he told me straight up he will not be back to the podcast until he's seen it through so Look forward we'll to a thriving resurgence in the in the roaring twenties of uh, of old school territory wrestling. Um, yeah, one more death match in this podcast going to be down to one person. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Uh, so today on Pin the Champ, we're going to talk about uh, the Monday Night Raw from may 3rd 1993 you know we're old old guys we're old heads so uh that's what we do here that's that's our gimmick if you will is we take uh, and and we um we reminisce over the old monday night raws that we saw as children and eventually the ones that we didn't see as children because we outgrew it and became teenagers and, and went away from wrestling for a while so everybody's got their like period we talked about that on the podcast before. Right. well that's the beauty of wrestling and wrestling and podcasting really we can go away from it and come back to it 
Yeah, but as we've always said, you know, it's a smart idea to go uh, if you have like WWE Network. I'm sorry. If you're overseas and you have the WWE Network or if you're in the United States and you have Peacock, then Peacock. go check out the uh, the May 3rd episode uh, to understand exactly what we are talking about here today. I'm going to go ahead and plug Peacock a little bit. I was hesitant when WWE moved to Peacock because I didn't want to pay for another streaming service, but mm -hmm. they have some good original content also. So if you're a WWE fan, definitely get it. And then you also get the uh, other product that they have, like Parks and Rex and The Office. Yeah, dude. I mean, this is true. I mean, honestly, um, even though I enjoy the WWE Network, uh, like their graphic user interface a lot better than I yes. enjoy Peacock. Yes. Uh, remember, the cost went from $9.99 to $4.99. So, exactly. and they added a shit ton of other stuff. Like you said, Parks and Rec. Uh, also, like all of WWE Network is there. So you've got all that stuff, every pay-per-view mm -hmm. ever, all the stuff that yeah. WWE Network always used to plug also if you love uh like like murder shows and stuff like that there's a lot of that on there too like yeah yeah didn't they have one with uh john gacy was yeah like, yeah, yeah. The serial yeah. killers yeah definitely watch that yeah, we also have some serial. other stuff to plug as well speaking of which go ahead and plug away we where where can they hear us at song yeah you can hear us on apple spotify google Amazon Music, which is my personal uh, favorite, Pandora, Podbean, and YouTube. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I, didn't know you I listen to all my stuff on Amazon, man, all in one spot. I got my music, my podcast, uh, my murder podcast. Apparently, we're really into murder. Oh, yeah. Which one are you watching that you're listening to, the murder podcast? Uh, shit. Is it my Put favorite murder? Spot. It's okay, man. You don't have to remember. Is that is that what you're listening to? I think no, so. I'm not. I'm not. No, uh, you know Alyssa, my, my one of my best pals, Alyssa, and uh, and you know she actually likes to listen to some of those. So she she's named off a couple to me, and I was just oh, wondering yeah? if you're watching what she's watching because y'all could bond over that. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> song. Yeah. Uh, welcome back to the podcast, dude. Uh, how yeah, you man. feeling about us talking about wrestling again, dude? Um. Even though we were on the break, you know, I was still watching it. So I'm glad we're going to actually have a chance to talk again about it. Um, wrestling is one of those things to me, like even when I'm not 100% focused on it, it's always in the back of my head. I mean, mm. I check the, you know, I'll still scroll through the dirt sheet, see what's going on, who's wrestling, who, who's, who's fired, who's back, who's with what company now. So, you know what I mean? Um, it's, it's just, I guess, built into my DNA. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's true, man. You know? At some point, you know, what does trip me out sometimes is like, I know that I remember being a little kid, like sitting, watching the box TV with like old NWA and like the primetime wrestling, like the yeah. whole like square block of, of, uh, of wrestling. And what trips me out is like, Sometimes I'll think I'll be like, at some point, you were also song a little kid sitting somewhere at the same time watching those shows. So right. like, it's, it's kind of interesting what your experience, what our personal experiences were that drew us so much to wrestling. But I'm glad we're, I mean, obviously we had a lot more time on our hands when we took a break from the podcast, uh, but because a lot yeah. less wrestling that we're obligated to watch. But I have missed 
uh, being able to, you know, kind of get together and talk about it. Cause otherwise you're just kind of watching it and absorbing it yourself right. and kind of getting to talk about not only old stuff and new stuff is, and hopefully, you know, build, build something through this podcast. Super fun, man. Um, yeah, man. So, and we also had a chance to, uh, check out a local indie show like you and I, uh, at, um, in Scott's edition here in Richmond. Oh Yeah. A small, awesome. a small gymnasium. Yeah, that was that was a good time. I had more fun than I expected to have because I've never been to an indie show like that before. And we yeah. both had pretty good seats. So, you know, it was uh, the promotion was um, UEW, um, United Elite Wrestling. Um, and they, they put on a really good show with some uh, Ring of Honors guy getting the main event, the thing. Um, and uh, Jeremiah and I sat behind a dude that just knows everything about indie wrestling this kid was so knowledgeable he was pointing know, man. yeah he was, was just cool. pointing things out to us that we didn't you know we since we don't know what's going on we're brand new to this um we don't have the storyline in our head so we're going into this like you know yeah. blank slate so we're was, trying to figure out who the heels and who the faces are because we've never right. seen this promotion before yeah it was awesome dude it was called uew ignition yeah. um rhett titus who i think was was or is the he's the television Ring of honor television yeah. champion yeah and at least at the, at, the, at the time that we watched he was a champ i don't know what's happened since then you said versus uh josh woods who was the yeah. uh, ring of honor pure champion and yeah. it's good that these guys are out there given the fact that ring of honor is uh not a thing anymore so i'm glad yeah. they're working absolutely and these guys wrestled an amazing match to a draw and, uh, right. you know, the, the little local crowd here asked for five more minutes, uh, and then they wrestled to a count out. So still not a very decisive match, but dude, <laughs> the, the, uh, the work rate on those cats, Rhett Titus and Josh Woods was awesome. It was really fun. They're uh, both technically yeah. sound and we were right up there. We were like right at the ring. So that was yeah, really cool. It was funny. I like, cause we didn't buy tickets at the same time. Right. So no, we didn't. <laughs> I, I had got, I had gotten, and we will, we learned our lesson now we get them at the same time. Cause I had like front row tickets, then they sold out and then you had like second row tickets. Yeah. So I waited a, a week after yeah. you bought yours and I was like, Oh man, no more front row. So we, I got, I got, I was in the second row and then yeah. they wouldn't let us change tickets. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was actually like pretty, I mean, like solid, we were trying to sit front row uh you know until like people came along and then so we went back over to the second row and kind of went over there but it was it was cool man it was a great experience so uh and who knows those guys that we saw the guys that we saw might end up being in the big leagues one day and we'll be like hey we saw them here in uh scott's edition you know yeah absolutely i mean these cats got to go somewhere could be the the wwe could be aw impact who knows where they'll land but we saw them in scott's edition yeah, yeah. Well, I know Impact currently have an influx of some of those former Ring of Honors guys, so we might be able to see them on Impact. That's true in man. the near future. So, as far as like since our you know since our last podcast back in 2021, um, a lot of wrestling's happened. Obviously, for me, like the personal things that that have kind of like that I was just thinking earlier, like what has happened that really stands out. I think AW continuing to put on really great matches especially like hangman page like uh for instance the the match he just had with murder hawk monster oh my god that bump he took on the this ring steps was brutal oh, yeah 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 
What, what was think? that move called? The uh, black hole that he took on there? It's, it's like he lift him up like the razor's edge and then just Except flip him onto the... he's like front ways instead yeah, of Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then flipped him onto that ring step. He just bounced right off like, mm-hmm. oh my God. And it was the ring step was stood up on its end too. So it was yeah. like crazy looking. So there was that. I mean, what do you the, think uh, of... The referee like... assisted, uh, the referee assisted uh, a shot onto the table outside the ring was that was crazy very inventive yeah absolutely uh yeah so what song's talking about of course is kind of the finish of that particular match uh earlier in the the match dan lambert had come out and he actually got like the ring tools from under the ring and he proceeded to unhook the top rope um and commentary like uh did a great job of like kind of verbalizing what was going on they were like hey he must be eliminating the top rope to eliminate the buckshot lariat so later in the match after all the i mean what was a bloody crazy match right you know the whole way through typical of of what we've seen out of these hangman page title matches anyway just real slobber knockers if you will but uh but but i mean basically it ends in a hugely inventive spot so there's no top rope buckshot larry it's impossible right wrong so the referee bends to pick up what was it barbed wire barbed wires yeah yeah barbed wires and, and you see hangman look at the at, at the bent over referee he does a handspring off of the referee and hits um uh hit, hits the murder hawk monster outside like close the lines and outside of the ring onto a table that was previously placed they both go through the table hangman gets the barely gets up before the yeah. 10 count murder hawk almost gets up you see him kind of you Stumble. know like, like yeah. a mon- like a monster coming Groggy, out of the black yeah. lagoon but he doesn't make it and uh, another successful title defense from hangman well, page he, here's the thing i am not a fan of death matches and i spoke to about it before on this podcast mm-hmm. um but when used correctly um like these two guys did uh it was fun to watch and AEW seems to have been they had very high success rate with their death matches um i think it was what um a month ago they had a mm-hmm. women's uh tag death match with um anna jay and tay conti with uh um was it was it brit i th- i think it was brit and wh- whoever was in her faction right right and right. They had a really unique finish where uh, Anna Jane used a barbed wire wrapped around her hand right. and uh, used her, put her in the Queen Slayer, which is a chokehold with the barbed wire, mm-hmm. which I've never seen done before. So they're really good with being original with these death matches, where it's not just uh, bleeding for the sake of bleeding. There's a rhyme and reason to what they do, and they tell a great story like that. Which is pretty much, I think, the AEW case across the board generally. I mean, they're not perfect. There are some things that kind of just suck, like uh, I don't know that Cody Rhodes segment with the with his wife and Dan Lambert the other week was was cringeworthy. But but for the I'm most sorry, part, a, a lot of things Cody's doing right now is cringe to me. He's, I think everybody thinks that. Yeah, he's not. He's it's like he's not fully committed to what he wants to do. Like, dude, just turn heel already. But no, you want to walk that line. So, yeah, I, I guess it's like he's he's like edging <laughs> on being a heel. It's like it's like yeah. the longer he rides that fence, I guess the anticipation and the 
frothing fans who want to hate Cody Rhodes or like, I guess maybe the payoff is going to be that much more explosive. I hope that it, you know, it's going somewhere that's, you know, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt, but um, mm-hmm. uh, I guess, uh, you know, that's one thing. AEW's continuing to put on great stuff. Love the fact that the whole Daniel Bryan uh, uh, potentially starting a Moxley uh, faction, or is it going to be a feud? I love that whole dynamic. Again, just something that you don't see like a complex story going on uh, the same way in WWE nine times out of 10. What an invent, what an inventive way to start a feud. Let's start a faction together. Right. Right. I'm saying, so I think that kind of stuff is really cool. Um, over on the WWE end of things, I guess, since the last time we had our podcast, I would say like we recently uh, had the, uh, you know, we recently, well, we're in WrestleMania season right now. So, right. So that's one thing, obviously, which means the Royal rumble just happened, which is yep. historically one of, you know, personally, I think mine, and I know, I think song as well, one of your favorites too, right. As far as pay-per-views go. Yeah, Typically. I love the Royal Rumble. Um, regardless of how bad the product is, normally the Royal Rumble always deliver. Um, this year, um, oh, shout out to Jeremiah. He picked the uh, correct men winner. He saw that coming a mile away. Um, Thank you, man. Yeah, I didn't. I was really hoping uh, Riddle or somebody young and new would have won it. But that's you know, a, that's always what it is. That's always my hope is that you know they're going to give a shine to a new carrot new talent which is kind of like what the royal rumble started off as was kind of like a way to get right. somebody to the next level um yeah. but yeah i but mean you brought it to my attention though that the original plan was riddle until yeah. shane mcmahon got involved that's the rumors that the internet wrestling community said that's another thing right so first of all i agree with you i would have much rather riddle one that would have been so much more exciting but they're really doing everything to motivate this whole roman versus brock feud and that's kind of why he won this rumble uh, so but i mean that's another thing. avenue they could have taken to get there so let's, many let's, different avenue and let's talk about that i mean how crazy is it that that shane mcmahon was recently released from wwe like supposedly the uh the backstage heat between uh you know <laughs> between vince and his kid you know, was so bad during this rumble that from what I've heard on the internet, right. And, and I can't tell you sources because I didn't specifically, you know, research for this podcast. It's just the kind of stuff that I've heard over the last couple of months. Yeah. Uh, so pardon me for that. You know, I'll try to get better about resources, but uh, basically in a nutshell is that Shane uh, chain, try to make a lot of changes to the rumble really clash right. with his dad. I mean, I, I would say like, you know, surprise, like I've been so surprised by some of the releases over the past, you know, six months to a year. I mean, obviously there's been a lot of them, uh, but like releases like Bray Wyatt releases like Shane McMahon. It's just like the WWE is such a weird place right now uh, to be. It's like such a weird place. It's such a big company and they have so much good stuff. Like as far as talent goes, but yet there's so many ways that they drop the ball at all times. But I mean, I'm not here to really bash WWE right now. I guess what I'm trying to say is that like the main things that's happening is, is, is WrestleMania season with WWE. We're really motivating this Brock Lesnar versus uh, Roman Reigns uh, WrestleMania thing, which is kind of obviously the way it's going to go. Question for you. Do you think it's going to be title for title? Do you think that they're going to go the route of having Brock, 
pick back up the title at Elimination Chamber. And is this thing going to be title for title? What, what, where do you see this going? Well, um, hopefully they don't treat Bobby Lashley like shit with this title run. Mm-hmm. I want to see him retain and I want to see him defend at WrestleMania. I don't, I don't think with, I don't think having Brock and Rain headline requires title versus title. And I'm tired of, is it a brand split or is it not a brand split right now? I mean, like you tell me, Seth Rollins just wrestled with a universal title last pay-per-view and he's a raw guy. So, mm-hmm. but with that said, I think McMahon does want this to feel like a clash of the Titan type main event at mania. Mm-hmm. And I think McMahon in his head thinks title versus title is going to make it feel like that. Mm-hmm. But I don't think, they didn't need to. I mean, just for the universal title alone, Roman and Brock can sell, you know, they'll draw regardless. Right. right. So I want to see Lashley retain. And then I want to see a new challenger to Lashley at Raw if they maintain the brand split. Yeah. But who I mean, knows? I mean, I mean, you nailed it, dude. What like, do you uh, think? Ah, man. I mean, you bring up so many good points. I kind of, I agree with everything you're saying. You know what I'm saying? Like, as far as like, they don't need it. But I am totally there with you that to me, regardless of brand split, Vince is 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 of the mind that the biggest match this could possibly be is if they both have the titles and it's like the ultimate clash of the champions. And I really don't know if they care about whether there's a brand split or not. They'll figure that shit out later. It's like Vince is (laughs) that's how I kind of feel like Vince is. He's like, what's going to draw now? we'll worry about all that technical shit. Right. We can explain that away storyline, but or we won't explain it storyline. Cause that's the thing with WWE is that they don't feel like it's necessary to tie up loose ends. If that makes sense. You know what I mean? Right. So well, they don't, they can be a brand split and then some dude can show up on the other ones because the, Oh, once every or twice every month, uh, one raw superstar can go over to SmackDown. Right. It's just been all over the place with the brand split, right? This is what I don't like with this whole brand split thing like let roman do his thing back down right he's carrying that universal title to like new heights right now there's nobody mm-hmm. that can match him no one can touch him right now roman reigns is the guy but then you have on raw they've been treating the wwe title like garbage and mm-hmm. this is the title with all the the lineage lineage, lineage right I lineage yeah mm-hmm. This is a title with the history. This is the title that was held by Hogan, uh, right. Flair, and, you know, countless other Hall of Famers. But, you know, Big E run was disappointing. And now you had have Lashley, who looks like it's just going to be a, trans- a transitional champion yeah. to uh, Brock Lesnar regaining so they can set up this mega main event at Mania. Totally... Let Lashley destroy people. Let Lashley mm-hmm. just, you know, you line them up and have Lashley just mow them all down. Build that title back up to what it was. It's lost its shine. It's lost its prestige right now. So, and my only argument for a title for title main event at WrestleMania would be that reason. If you unify the titles, there will be no doubt who the top champion is. You know, will you have Lashley as a champion? Maybe not because they probably want Roman or, or, or Lesnar. But at least there won't be this whole conversation 
about, you know, this title with the lineage, not get, right. being treated like an intercontinental belt, you know, or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, because I mean, and, and that's really it. It's like, okay, if you, if you, even if you kept like the U S title and the intercontinental title on separate brands, so you didn't merge those mm-hmm. and you kept all that separate, like separate tag titles, separate, um, mid-level titles so on and so forth but one big title like and that's the universal champion and it's combined into the wwe title so that you've got the lineage both lineages getting combined there's no Mm -hmm. doubt who it is and stop having two top champions right i mean because you had it back in the the early aughts the 2000s right yeah back then they had yeah the big gold belt and then the wwe title with the spinner Right, exactly, and and even back then, you had this big gold belt that's that's beautiful and has all this prestige that was being treated like the secondary title, while this horrible spinny looking belt over here is the main title being held by Cena or Edge and you know whatever the case may be. So that's my only yeah. okay. My my only two arguments for a title for title match are a, it would be it would feel elevate. Huge. It would, yeah, it would elevate the WWE title back. Yes, exactly. So that's that's my only argument there. Yeah, so. I get that. So we covered the men's uh, winner. Uh, how did you feel about, about Ronda Rousey coming back and winning the whole thing? Uh, I'm not a huge R- Ronda Rousey uh, person because simply like uh, like she needs a mouthpiece, dude. Hey, like, man. Put her with hey, exactly my thought. Exactly. As soon as I said that, that's that was the thought that crossed my head, and you <laughs> right. said it out loud. It was fucking crazy. But yeah, I mean, that's it. It's like I think that's the part that I don't enjoy. I, I it's like I'm fine with her being the female version of Brock Lesnar. But right. but at least Brock can talk these days. And until she can't, she gets like some acting lessons under her belt. It's it's mm-hmm. like I, I know she says she's passionate. I don't want to do this because I'd, I'd probably do you feel it. I, was, I don't feel it. Don't feel it. Doesn't feel passionate. It's like, but you know, I, I'm not, I, I mean, who knows how I would be in front of a giant crowd of people. So it's like, you know, she's, you know, I don't want to be too critical, but it, it, you know, she's making millions of bucks. And right. You know, so I don't know. I just, it doesn't make much sense to me right now to have her step in and take the shine away from people who have been there all year. It's kind of that, that same kind of, thought sure it's going to make a huge mania match but man can we can you do like a uh, if ronda's going to come back can we do something like ronda versus stuff or something like where it's you know two part-timers you know like somehow do like that kind of feud you know well, I, right. ron and stuff have feuded before right i think so i think so too because i think i remember like ronda beating up stuff before yeah, yeah. Because I think Ronda like beat a, up Triple uh, H with Rock. Right. It was. Yeah. It was a yeah. It was a Rock and Ronda versus a uh, Trip and uh, Stephanie McMahon. Yeah. I don't know. My point is, is basically, you know, if you're gonna bring somebody like Ronda back, put her with somebody who's also not gonna take away the spotlight from somebody. Maybe another part timer. The match might be shit, but whatever. Uh, no. Your thoughts? I mean, you know. I, I'm not a fan of Ronda Rousey, and I, I especially don't like her even more after the whole um, Bray Wyatt release, and then she blamed that on the fans. You know, <laughs> I don't know if you remember that when she was talking about, like, 
you guys are like chanting for Bray, but when he was there, you weren't chanting for him. Like, we're the fans. We can chant for whatever we want, you know? Yeah. So after that, I kind of, I really, I don't think she understands the business or like the, I don't feel like she appreciates the, uh, fans who actually you know spend their hard-earned money going to these shows we should be able to cheer whatever boo and cheer whoever the hell we want and if we want to sit on our hands and be quiet because they're giving us bad product we should be allowed to do that too um uh, yes but with that said i agree with you um i don't think they needed to bring in a part-timer to win the rumble to main event uh mania one yeah. of the nights um and they have they have you know they spent the whole year trying to make live morgan Incredible. Mm-hmm. Yep. And they have Sasha Banks. They have Bel Air. They have Dewdrop. I like Dewdrop a lot. I do too, I actually. Yeah. Drop this stupid, <laughs> I wish she drops her stupid name and go buy what, you know, what Hyper she was Niven. on the Indies. Yeah. No. And then, you know, <laughs> Becky Lynch just came back not long ago. Let, mm-hmm. let her have a, have her like wrestle like some of uh, newer or the people who hasn't had an opportunity yet. You don't yeah. have to bring in Ronda Rousey. Let's make new stars, right? Exactly. Exactly. Yep. Yeah, man. So, yeah. In a nutshell, you know, that's been kind of what's been going on in wrestling since, you know, the beginning of the year and all that good stuff. I mean, undoubtedly, mm-hmm. we've, we've missed a lot. You can't kind of keep, you know, wrestling. There's so much wrestling on a weekly basis. That's just yeah. a very broad strokes. But, man, uh We've missed you pinheads out there. Uh, we want to ask you, you know, what's been up with you guys? Uh, uh, we want to invite you and welcome you to reach out to us with questions. Uh, what's been on your mind in the world of wrestling since the new year, since the last time you listened to our podcast? Uh, we have our Facebook ch- uh, page, which is Pin the Champ Podcast. You can reach out with questions there. We'd absolutely love to hear from you. Um, additionally, as far as I know, our Google Voice number is still 804-446-1139. We're just going to throw it up there, and I'll let you know next episode if it's different. But we do need to check that out song and make sure it's still uh, ringing to us. I think uh, my voice is on there the last Yeah, it's your left, voice. Left yes, you're, you're doing the greeting for oh, that. Okay. Um, also, um, yeah, definitely check out our uh, Facebook page uh pin the champ podcast we have some pictures from the indie show that we went to that was posted on there so if you want to see what that event was like definitely go check that out it's up right now yeah hit us up leave us a message on the google voice number uh hit us up on facebook and who knows we might call you out on the show uh we really want to be interactive so hit us up and we would love to uh to interact with you guys so i guess it's that time that uh that we go ahead and, and hop in our time machine wait 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 wait. before can we just cover one more current event oh absolutely yeah man don't let me stop you what limitless about keith lee oh my god A- yes E-W dynamite and just this last episode of Dude, AEW dynamite fantastic. in general was awesome yeah absolutely he looks so good coming out with his new music he yeah. looks motivated. He's not being burdened by a stupid gimmick. You don't. You don't think he should have went by Bearcat Lee in AEW? A- <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Can you imagine if he came back with AEW with the same gimmick that was a? Oh my god! I don't but think no. Bearcat was horrible, but you know, like 
they just it, they took they playing. stripped yeah. everything away from him that made him unique and you know uh great in NXT and then wonder why he failed on the main roster but hopefully AEW let him do what he does and just you know yeah. a freakish athlete <laughs> right so what do you i mean obviously uh regardless of whether he's going to be heel or face uh, there would have been no way for him to be heel last night coming back. But what do you no. see for him in his immediate future? Like, do you see him, like, who do you think he would be, he would be like maybe feuding against? Or do you think he's going to like uh, aim towards a title? Do you think there's a faction in his future? Do you think Mia Yim is right behind him? <laughs> I'm like, what do you see in his, you know, what do you think they should do with him? Good question. Um, right now, their roster is getting pretty full, but I would love to see my first feud for him be with the House of Black. Ooh. You know, they added that uh, was uh, Brody King. Mm-hmm. They're about the same size, and yeah. both are freakishly athletic. I think they would like put on a good match. But I, if he's if he's gonna feud with House of Black, he's gonna need a uh, second person, a partner. Yeah. So let me pose that question to you: Who do you think he should team up with? Yeah, that's another good one. Hmm. Man, right now is when I Don't wish I had Cody like the roster in front of me. <laughs> but no, not Cody Rhodes. I could see him like, man, who would he be good with? I want to pull up the AEW roster page right now. But like off the top of my head, like I could see like maybe uh, like Orange Cassidy like in the best friends being coming out and welcoming him maybe in some fashion or form. Um, I could see that happening, like them trying to help who is, who has um, house of black kind of been feuding with. They've been kind of feuding with the Lucha bros and pack pack and Keith Lee pack and Keith Lee could be cool. Yeah, absolutely. Limitless. Limitless bastard. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, the limitless bastards. Yeah. Oh, yeah. there you go. I like that. All right, cool. Yeah. I feel like if I had the roster page in front of me, I could probably come up with a better answer for that. What do you pinheads think? Who would be Keith Lee's perfect faction brother or sister? I mean, definitely bring Mia Yemen and let yeah. her be a part of a faction with him. You know, yeah. their um, chemistry should be off the charts. They recently got married. So congratulations. Well, when real life couple work together, normally they're not, <laughs> they don't, their chemistry <laughs> don't seem to work at work. Oh, like but Seth and, I don't know. Seth Re- and Bex. Yeah. Re- real life chemistry don't seem to translate to, um, you know, the arts. At times, at times, but maybe not so much in the, in the, in the wrestling sphere all the time. All right. Anything else to go over current events before we start on Monday Night Raw? No, I say you fire up that DeLorean and let's go. All right, brother. All right. So this Monday Night Raw again, May 3rd, 1993. And uh, it opens up with uh, a match almost right out the gate, right? We get Shawn Michaels versus Hacksaw Jim Duggan to open the night up. Um, one thing, man, that never never ceases to amaze me is like, despite my own personal disinterest in Hacksaw Jim Duggan, that dude was amazingly over. He was like hugely over back in the day like well he was over because he 
hijacked the uh, patriotic, uh, you know, gimmick. He was like, he got the whole, the crowd is chanting USA, and we're just like, oh, okay, this guy's all American. He was a former football player, and that was his thing. But I've never been a fan either. I mean, you know, you give him a microphone, and I want to shove stuff up my ears so I don't have to hear it. Tough guy, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I do know. Uh, so, I mean, uh, you mentioned the, the patriotic gimmick. And I'll tell you, man, these these uh, fans in the 90s were real optimistic about the United States. <laughs> in, uh, in different, the 90s. Times, different times. Different times. <laughs> we're more mat- divided states now. But. but yeah, man, the match was cool. Uh, you know, Sean played classic Sean chicken shit heel. Duggan played to the crowd constantly. USA, ho, all that good stuff. Uh, USA, ho. <laughs> USA, ho. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's something kind of like, the, you know, I wish they could all be California girls, except it's USA. Ho. Right, that's right. My song. <laughs> uh, but uh, but there's a, you know, uh, what, maybe eight to 10 minute, 12 minute match. A lot of good back and yeah. forth action. Um, at the I, end I of- did like watching. Uh, I'm sorry. Keep no, interrupting no, you. Um, I really enjoy watching Sean sell every move like it's uh, life or death. Like, you know, a simple shoulder blocking flies out of the ring, which was, you know, that's Sean being Sean. He was always like that, man. He really, he really like there was a few matches like Hogan versus Sean at SummerSlam where he really oversold to like a cartoonish extent. But yeah, uh, it's always (laughs) fun to watch Sean work. Um, I did love the end of the match when uh, Hacksaw clothesline Michaels over the barricade into the raw audience. This gave Duggan, of course, the, the win here uh by count out of course no pinfall victory over Shawn michaels here we get a count out victory by duggan um so of course you know after the match even though duggan's won he's super baby face so he doesn't want to win that way right so he gets the mic and he says he's not leaving until he gets another shot at michaels he's throwing uh this is before the time of uh folding folding chairs yeah man uh uh we have old school, like straight up, like, uh, I don't know. What would you call those dining room table chairs? <laughs> yeah, they're uh, chairs from the 80s, like something it'll be in your grandma's house. Exactly. <laughs> you know, I can when I see those chairs, I picture ugly wallpapers. Exactly. And, uh, you know, <laughs> just tacky tablecloth <laughs> couch with the the uh rapper still around it so <laughs> exactly it's like grandma's house it's like right. wrestling at grandma's house uh so i think uh i think that this makes jim duggan potentially the first guy to post up in a chair on monday night raw and say that he's not gonna like go anywhere until he gets a match right until he gets in well he wants the uh you know he he won but he don't get the ic title so right. he wants the ic title right exactly i think i remember us talking about this before you said you you did like doug and you bought into it him as a kid if i remember as correctly. a kid yeah but going back and watching now he's uh he's intolerable cringe to me yeah <laughs> but like uh i was trying to think like who would be the the, the 2020s version of hacksaw jim duggan is there a usa guy right now i know we've kind of gotten away, away from like the foreign heel sometimes but I can't remember if there's like a USA guy, like who or who the last USA guy was in WWE, like strap with that gimmick. It's like, I'm thinking Kurt Angle, but I know there's been people way since then. Yeah. yeah. Kurt Angle is the only one that come to mind for me too. 
Huh. But they never gave him a foreign heel to fight. He was always the heel himself. That's true. You know? That's true. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the last the last time they tried a foreign heel was that Muslim guy. Was it Muhammad Hassan? And that didn't last long at all, did it? No. That quick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It went. <laughs> they realized like uh, this isn't the climate to do this anymore. <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all, man. Uh, but anyway, man. So point being duggins you know he's he's refusing to to leave the ring until he gets his his match and his intercontinental title shot because believe it or not regardless of how over duggan was he never ever had a title in wwe so no um, after so we cut away from duggan uh and we go to a king of the ring report with me and gene and this is super nostalgic because again, this is the first King of the ring and we know who, you know, I'm not going to give you spoilers here, even though it's from 93, but we know who wins the first one. So it's very nostalgic for me. Uh, mean Gene is talking to us about the King of the ring. Uh, mean Gene even says Bret Hart is the number one seed for obvious reasons. Uh, and uh, then he also mentions that like Luger qualified for King of the ring. Uh, he goes down the list. He he mentions as well that Mr. Perfect and Doink wrestled to a draw on Superstars. So neither of those guys got uh, entered into the King of the Ring at that point. I um, must have missed something. What was the obvious reason? Do you know? Well, I mean, to me, it, it's because Bret Hart's the greatest of all time. But like, <laughs> I, no, mean, but I, th- I think it's WWF because- logic. What was it that made him? Was the he obvious. the WWE champion? He was not the WWE champion at the time, was he? Did he just recently lose it to Yokozuna? Yeah, 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 because this is after WrestleMania 9. So yeah. maybe that's what they mean is he's like, you know. Oh, yeah. Guy, former champ. Former champ. Yeah. Know, for obvious reasons. So that's kind of probably what he was talking about there. Um, <laughs> but as far as the Mr. Perfect and Doink wrestling to a draw, Mean Gene lets us know that there's news of a rematch to see who's actually going to make it to the King of the Ring tournament because they need to fill that spot, obviously, right? Now, Gina reminds us of the main event as well, non-related to the tournament itself. He reminds us that it's going to be Hulk Hogan versus Yokozuna for the WWF title. And that's, this is after Mania 9, so if I remember correctly, this would have been Hogan as champ. Yokozuna's yeah, Hogan was champ because he just yeah because Hogan like beat him under, under a second because Mr. Fuji went up there and challenged him. Yeah, like a dumbass. Yeah, like you're the heel. What are you doing? No, nah, Hogan is the heel, man. Don't forget. Yeah, forever heel. Yeah. So uh, one cool thing is it you know is that you know during in the middle of this King of the Ring report. You see, like Mean Gene, he like puts his finger up to his ear, and he's like, "Oh, I'm getting a special, I'm getting word in my ear, basically that uh, that he's receiving news on his earpiece saying that Hacksaw Jim Duggan is calling President Jack Tunney." Um, uh, so basically, they're you know, it's 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 basically like spinning this thread of you know what's going on with the Duggan thing. Duggan has is, is made made a phone call to Jack Tunney to to make sure he gets another fair shot at the intercontinental belt. And then Gene keeps on going uh, on after that little piece of information is divulged to let us know that it's going to be El Matador, Tito Santana versus Razor Ramon coming up on superstars to qualify for the King of the Ring as well. 
And then also on Wrestling Challenge, it's going to be Hacksaw Jim Duggan versus Papa Shango in a qualifying match. So uh, a lot of stuff gearing up for King of the Ring, which, of course, I imagine that you and I will preview and watch and right, right. review as well. So that's going to be fun. Yeah. But a lot of those matches happen on, like, I think, like the weekend show, right? Like the superstar shows and things mm-hmm, like that. Exactly. Um, Wrestling Challenge yeah. and and superstars, which is stuff that we're not really covering. But, uh, you know, I'm sure we could because it's probably on the network somewhere. But uh, we ain't got yeah. that much time until, until <laughs> we can quit our jobs <laughs> and do this full time. Um, right. So that was our uh, King of the Ring report. Uh, after we leave Mean Gene, we go back and we get another match, don't we? Uh, mm-hmm. Which is and, uh, a debut of sorts, right? It's a it's a debut. Yeah, Ka- Kamikaze Kid or One Two Three Kid, mm-hmm. he, which he right. was known as Kamikaze Kid on on this particular episode. Um, yeah. Which one thing that I remember uh, is that each week, this is of course his debut, but you'll notice in the weeks to come. Every week they change his name until he he gets his win. So this week it's Kamikaze Kid, who of course uh, any you know most of our wrestling fans and our pinheads out there are gonna know. This is super cool for very obvious reasons. Kamikaze Kid, better known as like you said, one two three Kid slash X Pac slash WWE Hall Six. of Famer Sean Waltman. So that's awesome, man. Uh, so getting to see that piece of nostalgia really cool. Obviously, we're a, we're a doink podcast, right? We've talked about <laughs> over and over again how uh, I might not like real clowns in real life, but I like doink the clown because he's such a good bad guy, and he's you know yeah. if he if he couldn't wrestle, there'd be nothing to it, right? But he is a no. legit. Uh, he's a badass. technical machine. I mean that belly belly he threw on X Pac. I mean dynamite hit or Ka- kamikaze. Hey, kamikaze cool, kid. You be forgiven. Beautiful belly to belly. If they were to teach classes on how to do a belly to belly suplex, uh, Matt Bourne should uh, teach that class. But I, I do not actually. He shouldn't be teaching. Yeah, he shouldn't be teaching anybody though, given the type of person he is. Great <laughs> right. character, great yeah. wrestler. <laughs> yeah, I think that Doink character made him a dark individual. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Doink wins this match against uh, Kamikaze Kid because Kamikaze Kid is nothing but a jobber at this point. And uh, Doink wins with an awesome submission move. Uh, I wanted to call it the stretch muffler, but it's not. I looked up the stretch muffler and that's not what yeah, it is. Yeah, the stretch muffler is like you got the leg. Yeah, the and... leg. Exactly. This was more uh, Kamikaze Kid was in like a seated position. Yeah. Uh, Doink the clowns had kind sat of sat on legs his neck yep. and pulled up his leg, just cranked yeah. up on his leg. Oof, looked rough. They never they never named that move. Yeah, I don't yeah, I, I rewound it to see if they, they named what it was, but no. They didn't. So you know, and uh, you know, I'm iffy. I think I can name like 50% of wrestling moves, and then like other yeah, where are you with that? Where like I feel like I know about like 50% of them by name without without them saying it first. <laughs> you know? Right, right. It, I think I'm about <laughs> I don't know, maybe 40. Okay. 40% or so. Yeah. I mean, I might be 40% too, honestly. There's so many wrestling moves out there. Don't ever I mean, ask but, me to describe any of them, though. I mean, I know what they look like, but if you ask me to describe something, I, I can't do it. Difficult. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's okay, dude. Like, half the time, like, Jim Ross doesn't know what to call shit. So <laughs> he's like, yeah, he's just there because he's Jim Ross. But uh, <laughs> all right. Anyway, 
Uh, next up, right, we get uh, another match. So this is a, actually a, for, you know, one hour raw. We're getting a lot of matches here. So we get Dwayne Gill versus Bob Backlund uh, up next. Uh, again, big fan of, of Bob Backlund uh, uh, and also Dwayne Gill being Gilberg, right? Um, big fan of Gilberg. Are you? Uh, yeah, man. <laughs> I love jobbers, dude. Yeah, Gilberg. So Gilberg wasn't um, he didn't wasn't. I wasn't watching at that time when he became Gilbert. I was watching it this time when he was Dwayne Gill and getting jobbed out. But mm-hmm. um, as usual, Bob Backlund, you know, legitimate gentleman, starts off the match like a bygone eras with a handshake. Um, of course, Dwayne Gill's care, you know, even as a jobber, he's he's got good character work. <laughs> love the hair. <laughs> yeah, lo- yeah. You should do that with your hair, man. Like a blonde on top. And then black, like just your natural on the sides. Like, yeah, yeah. You got the long blonde mullet with the black top. <laughs> exactly. That's what it was. Yeah. Like black top, long blonde mullet, two tone. <laughs> Looks like a skunk. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, but basically, Dwayne, he refuses to shake hands with Bob Backlund. Um, so, you know, like I said, even as a jobber, Dwayne Gill trying to put the work in, you know, make his character good. Um, Anytime we see a Bob Backlund match, we know we're going to get a technically sound match, right? And this is no exception. Uh, this, even though it was a, it was Dwayne Gill versus Bob Backlund, I mean, they gave it a little bit of time. Uh, and you know, yeah, Gill got some offense in too, right? A surprising. lot of offense, yeah. yeah. And uh, so Backlund won this one after a nice match with a really cool looking bridge. Uh, That's the that, thing with Backlund, though; he always yeah. has some cool, cool like pinning maneuvers it's... right i've never seen it before it's like wow man like i don't understand and it's collegiate looking stuff right i mean it just yeah. looks like really i guess amateur background stuff that he's bringing right. to the professional realm um, and this this is second run with the federation right i think it's the second it's at least the second right because we have his first run which he had like a years long uh title reign multiple years long so that's like 70s or 80s i think if i'm if i'm not mistaken and then he came back in the 90s at first as a as a baby face and then he i don't i don't know if he went away or if he just turned heel i can't remember but yeah so and then he had other i think times that he came back too but i was probably out of the game at that point but yeah but yeah this is definitely a second run and I remember at that time being like, man, he just does not look like he fits. And he didn't fit. He was like, he was know, older. He yeah. was older, trunks, classic wrestler, wrestling with like Undertakers and Dumpster yeah. Droskies and, you know, Max Moons and all this stuff. So it's just crazy to see like all those characters with, you know, Bob Backlund. He kind of fitted more after he turned heel because he was more of a character than I think. So it actually worked. I think that was a really good move for him. And of course it netted him another world title reign. Yeah. Yeah. He was a character of himself. <laughs> he beat Brett, you know I mean? He beat Brett for that title. Like it's pretty cool. Um, it was during this match as well that Vince McMahon noted that Duggan is going to get his lumberjack match next week with Shawn Michaels. Uh, Everybody loves a, a good lumberjack match, especially back in the 90s, man. Uh, a lot of people around the ring toss your ass back in. There can be no count outs, 
So did, for sure. Uh, didn't Vince also say during this uh, this episode that they were gonna get like lumberjack shirts for the uh, lumberjacks? Did he really? <laughs> yeah, he said they were gonna dress. They were literally gonna dress like lumberjack. So good. Maybe we'll see that. Was it next episode? Next episode. Next week, man. Yep. That'd be, be cool. Next week. Yeah. I hope they go through with that. <laughs> Should we wear flannels to the next episode? <laughs> I don't have any flannels. I don't really not, either, man. It's not in my uh, repertoire. Repertoire. <laughs> <laughs> so next up, uh, you know, uh, after the after the uh, Backlund and, and Gill match, uh, we get an interview uh, by Vince McMahon, who uh, it interviews Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Uh, Duggan, he lets us know that Tony indeed has granted the lumberjack match next week. And, uh, yeah. So basically setting us up for our raw next week, which I love. I mean, there's some really good storytelling going on there and you're getting like, you know, like throughout this whole, this whole episode, the story going through it, which is something that I love. I love the fact that there's continuity. Um, but my only question I, I cannot help but asking is, why in the world? Well, I mean, I guess Duggan asked for the lumberjack match, but I mean, this is going to be a specialty, right, man? He literally carries lumber. Yeah. So it's two I mean, by four. Yeah, I mean, so this is a match specifically geared for uh, Hacksaw Jim Duggan. So confirmed one hundred percent. They're also we- yeah. They're they're also using this match to plant the seed for uh, you know they said Yokozuna is going to be one of the lumberjack and. Of course, uh, Jim Duggan was just recently injured by y- Yokozuna. Oh, and, yeah, this you know, is true. So they're planting that seed leading to a match. Yeah. We'll I see wish we see that next week. nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> One can hope. Uh, all right, man. So after the Vince McMahon interview of Hacksaw, we get another Smoking Guns vignette. So this vignette, this, yeah, you love it? Uh, we get Love another it. smoking guns vignette. They are calling out all the other tag teams in the WWF mm-hmm. slash E, like the Beverly Brothers, the Head Shrinkers, and Money Incorporated. Um, and in this vignette, they are shooting cacti out in the middle of the desert. So that's pretty cool. Um, they're pretty good shot. They didn't miss their target. <laughs> <laughs> you think they? You think it was them le- legitimately shooting, or do you think it was? No. You don't think so, man? I can picture like. Uh, like uh, Bruce Pritchard and the smoking guns out in the middle of the desert, just blasting away at cactus in real life. I mean, this was the nineties. <laughs> They're probably doing cocaine off the, yeah, off yeah, the, yeah. you know, off the side of the gun. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> What's crazy to me is that that motherfucker, one of those dudes is still wrestling in AEW. Yeah. Uh, ass boys. I mean, and- uh, Billy Gunn. <laughs> he looks awesome. Too. And his son, his son, his his yeah, he's still in great shape. And Billy Gunn working with his son, I think it's really awesome to see. You know, I like yeah. it when there's a generational connection between wrestlers. And oh yeah, definitely. It's always nice to see. Like, you know that he's got to be proud of his kids, like following his footsteps. Yeah. yeah. Plus, I I like to follow. Uh, I follow uh, Dan Housen on uh, Twitter and YouTube, and mm-hmm. he's always making it's like he's always making fun of the guns, calling them ass boys. And, and, uh, <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> I need to, it's, I need to uh, check out Dan Housen. 
more stuff about him. I love I love Dan Housen, dude. He's he's definitely a comedic character, but his uh YouTube channel is hilarious. Um, he recently he has a um he has a talk show on YouTube where he where he interview wrestlers and stuff like that. His recent episode, he actually had Xavier Woods on there. That was oh, a that was a fun interview. Oh, that's cool as shit, man! You should post some of that shit to our page. Yeah, I'll link it to yeah, our, our uh, Facebook page. We gotta write that down. Um, but yeah, man. Um, so, were you a Smoking Guns fan when you were a kid? I like. Yeah, I was. I, I like. <laughs> I you know, like any kids, you want to be a cowboy when you were younger. You know, you want to shoot bottles and drink whiskey <laughs> <laughs> well you at least you drink whiskey now for sure i know that for a fact love whiskey <laughs> <laughs> All right, a little man, too next, much <laughs> yeah next up oh man oh that's another thing uh man new year's and that that whiskey man uh i i tore into too much whiskey on new year's it was a bad wow. news i can't drink i tried to drink <laughs> i'm still trying to drink this jefferson's and i can't dude it's like every time I take a little bit, it's like uh, New Year's comes and it hits comes me. back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, next up, we get uh, we get a, a surprise. We get Captain Lou Albano, who was a legendary manager, mostly from the 80s, not the, not mm-hmm. the 90s. So even back in the 90s, he was kind of like, you know, a predecessor from from a different decade. But we get uh, Captain yeah. Lou Albano out. He comes and he's going to do uh, commentary. Of course, Captain Lou Albano managed a lot of great talent. He was a, especially a lot of great tag, tag teams. teams. Yep. And so that's why we get him out uh, for this head shrinkers versus Jay Sledge and somebody who I don't remember their name. Uh, I, I, it was like indecipherable. I couldn't. I don't know if you knew who his name was. But no, they didn't put the if they don't put the name in writing sometime when they announce it, I can't understand what they're saying either. Yeah, exactly. Just blame on my uh, old age. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, I mean, it was cool to see Captain Lou Albano again. Definitely a blast from the past. Um, I don't know, bro. That dude is is jacked up on something. I don't know. Do you think he was like on coke? Because that, that is probably coke. coke. It's probably cocaine. We're in the early 90s. There's still a thing. But yeah. um, I did like his back and forth with uh, Bobby Heenan. Um, yeah, that shit he, was funny. His comment about if you put Heenan brain in a pigeon, it fly <laughs> backwards. Had me correct. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So uh, there was, I mean, some of what Cap did, like commentary wise during this match was a little cringeworthy as far as like, uh, you know, like making fun of the way certain like nationalities talk and stuff like that wouldn't really right. go over well today. So that part kind of sucked, but you know, everybody was racist. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know an error, man. Was like, it's, it's the nineties. You can do whatever you want. <laughs> yeah. As long as you're on Coke. Yeah. But anyway, right. the match itself though, uh, you know, watching this man uh, reminded me like, I really love the head shrinkers as an adult, of course, as a, as a, as a kid, you hate them because they're, nasty bit bad heels yeah but these guys really can do the i definitely boomerang. appreciate them more especially knowing that fat you know fatu went on to be like a joke character mm. like seeing him as a head shrinker is like man so much potential and then you go and be this guy that wears a thong and you know, <laughs> hits people in the butt with their butt yeah he and but you know he's uh he's the usos uh dad right I feel like that's the truth. Yeah. <laughs> Correct us for wrong pinheads, but we're going to yeah. say yes. 
but <laughs> you know outside it you see i see that him with the head stringer and i'm like man he could have been like he could have been a i think a top singles guy if oh, yeah. was if he was given the chance without like, being put with that stupid gimmick of rikishi later on in his career i think of like yamaga like he could have been like a yamaga type you know what i'm saying definitely mm-hmm. yeah um and so could have yokozuna you know yokozuna is of course samoan as well it's like surprise originally he what? did wrestle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah originally like i know i i think i'd heard that he did wrestle his few mat first few matches as a samoan under a different name but uh anyway getting away from uh f- from we could go down a path with all the samoan wrestlers right. out there but um but one thing that i love is how stiff they worked in this match like the pile driver that one of those guys hit on one of the jobbers woof man that looked tough um yeah and that's a move i always cringe at like when it's not you know like they really hit that. <laughs> i don't know how you like protect your opponent's neck the way they hit it right exactly Oof. it had some freaking stink on it um yeah. another as far as their move set goes another thing that i noticed is that their finisher well not their finisher because they finished with a splash but uh right before that the i guess signature maneuver is basically like a two-man skull crushing finale uh which i thought was kind of cool i think it's a lot it looks a lot more effective as a two-man move because you've got the mm-hmm. force of like two guys with the victim in the middle and you're doing like this mm-hmm. the, just flat and on his face but but yeah i thought it was crazy i was like dang i didn't know where miz got his his finisher from but it was potentially <laughs> from the head shrinkers um yeah. but yeah the match like i said it ended with a big splash by one of the shrinkers onto the jo- one of the jobbers uh uh Fun match yep 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 and uh that is exactly like you mentioned before, during this match is when one of the commentators mentioned that Yoko is going to be a lumberjack on next week's show, right? Um, yeah. Next, we get a luckily very short, terrible little Coliseum home video commercial for a VHS tape called Whack'em Sack'em with the Bushwhackers. you'll have to explain to our younger audience what a VHS is. <laughs> That's right. A VHS is a is a rectangular plastic <laughs> uh, box cassette thing. Cassette giant. It looks like a giant. Cause now we got to explain what a cassette tape is as well. But uh, oh, well. it's basically ancient technology in which people would <laughs> would watch movies uh, on back in the day. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was terrible. Basically, like just a little preview for you know with the bushwhackers, they're like tearing down a house or something like that. Not even Can't really that was talking a about. thing. Yeah. Next up, we get uh, another match. Uh, like I said, several matches on a forty-something minute. I feel like there were more matches on this forty-something minute RAW than there <laughs> are in some of the three-hour ones today. My God. <laughs> Yeah, joking, man. That's that's so true. Kamala versus Rich Myers, right? Um, Kamala the Ugandan Giant, another one of those gimmicks that probably wouldn't go over today. But Kamala, dude, like legit, a freaking legend. Like, uh, um, I love the mask he came out with. Oh yeah, that that deal was pretty cool. Yep, um, I remember that gimmick that he had as well. Um, I remember during this match, the jobber tries to shake hands with Kamala. 
but but uh but Kamala is basically not really understanding what's going on. Um another little piece of, a bit of you know I guess uh what's the word that I'm looking for? I guess another kind of thing that Kamala does during this era is uh is, is kind of a little bit where he uh doesn't know he doesn't know how to pen people, right? Right. So he does this again, he can't figure out how to pen rich. Uh, which is funny because he's been wrestling for literally decades at this point. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say, like, why are they making him look so stupid? Yeah, <laughs> man, he's, like, he's been he's wrestling been... for a long time. He should know you pin people, you know, on their backs. Or <laughs> He's trying to pin them while they're on their stomach, while oh, on their yeah. side, you know, anything but on their back. And then I love how the referee is, like, trying to, tell them to like you know here's what you got to do yeah <laughs> i mean hey at least they came up with something new for him it was interesting but during this match they announced that mr perfect is also going to be a lumberjack next week so we're getting the field of lumberjacks kind of announced throughout raw um and after the kamala match is over with uh oh kamala wins by the way it, he, he does eventually figure out how to how to pen <laughs> uh rich myers but uh, but yeah, not much to this match, just your regular Kamala versus Jobbers match. Afterwards, we get uh, to close out the show, we get Shawn Michaels with a nice little fun interview with Bobby Heenan about the Lumberjack uh, match next week. And of course, you know, uh, Chicken Shit Heel Michaels is beside himself. He can't believe he's got to compete in this Lumberjack match. Um, so you know, I, and- I love I love how Michael's played it. Like, oh, they're stacking the card against me, and how does uh, I don't even have the pre- the uh, you know Jack Tunney's number? How does uh, Hacksaw has it? And you know, he's just like, <laughs> oh, they're gonna get all his friends to gang up on me. <laughs> you know, he's such a good storyteller. Yeah, Michael's. It's- well, the the chemistry between Heenan and Michaels here was awesome. I loved a little bit of storytelling yeah. where basically uh, Bobby Heenan asked Michaels uh, what he's got in store for Duggan, and Michaels says that he's he you know he's like I can't divulge that to you for the camera. <laughs> so Heenan's like I can fix that. And he just basically puts the microphone behind his back, and they're whispering back and forth, which is funny as shit because like literally like three words were spoken between them and then like bobby heenan turns to the camera and yells stay home duggan you know or you know whatever you know yeah the little things like that i appreciate i appreciate little things like like that you know yeah absolutely nobody does it like bobby heenan man i miss the hell out of that guy I, i i sometimes can see little flashes of bobby heenan and Co- members of the commentary team where I can almost feel like that they've studied Heenan and brought it into it. Like for instance, um, what's his name? Um, Corey Graves. I feel like I've heard him say or do some things that are Heenan esque. So it's good to, to, to hear bits of Heenan throughout history here. Like people are picking up on mm. him and everything, but, but yeah, so this is the way that the, the episode ends. Basically Sean is, is uh is is interviewed by Heenan uh, uh and 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 basically is saying you know gearing up for this match next week and that's basically the end of the show is 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 kind of uh setting us up for that match next week uh so match is over overall we know what that means uh until next week we uh where we pick up on the next episode we've got to talk a little bit about how we felt 
about this episode, right? Um, so uh, I'll ask you, man, uh, you know, we, before we were doing our Meltzer Skelter reviews, I want right. to kind of keep up with that, that whole thing. I think uh, it's great. Uh, and so uh, I'll go ahead and let you take over here, man. What yeah. did the May 3rd episode do for you, man? I actually enjoyed this episode. Um, the, uh, you know, we start off right away with, uh, I guess that, you know, we always say the main event is the last match in the show mm-hmm. but i would say on this episode we opened with the main event you know we have two superstar without um with the title on the line we had a title match to open the show um even though it was you know it didn't have a proper ending it build on a storyline which i appreciate also so that kind of like earned more points with me and then we got some jobber matches but they were jobber matches with wrestlers i like watching like the head shrinker and um and bob backland mm-hmm. uh, every time i get to see backland i see some i you know you think you've seen all his match and then you probably have seen his match but he does something that you don't remember seeing before it's always something new with him mm-hmm. the only thing i didn't like about this episode i would say is the uh could do without the the giant uh, Kamala and mm. his stupid don't know how to pin gimmick, and then yeah. um, other than that, solid solid episode. Um, so let's see if I was to rate it, I would probably go a seven point five out of ten. Enjoyable, nice, cool, man. What about you, man? Solid episode then. Um, and I agree with you, man, for a lot of the same reasons. You're absolutely right. That's awesome that you pointed out the fact that that really the main event was at the, at the opening of the night. And we got the wonk finish to set up a main event for next week, too. So it's kind of like we're motivating next week's story with this week's action. So I like that. Um, uh, uh, additionally, you know, I mean, I just like you said all the wrestlers involved here including like even some of the jobbers like kamikaze kids debut um we got to see doink uh, like you said backland um and uh, captain lou was cool to see uh, like i said i could done without the cringiness of some of his comments <laughs> but uh but yeah even the jobber matches were good matches like seeing the head shrinkers was awesome stuff like that my low light, of course, I've got to agree with you. I, I think we're exactly on the same page. Like Kamala versus Rich Myers, I could have totally done without just because it's just comedy, right? It's it's yeah. it, it's almost kind of sad to see somebody who is legitimately considered like a uh, legend of wrestling and Kamala um, on that return to, to WWF because I'm, I know that during previous runs in WWF, uh, Kamala was a little more serious of a character as far as like, I think he had matches against Hogan for the WWF title back in the day, like during his first run, but this run where he came back uh, and he was a bad guy at first with kimchi and maybe I think slick maybe as well at first. And then, yes. yeah. And you know, then I he think at this stage. point, but I think at this point, slick is still his manager. He just wasn't in this episode. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah. But yeah, totally agree. I mean, for pretty much all the same reasons you said, 
I enjoyed this episode a lot. Um, and if, if I got to give this a, a rating, uh, you know, uh, my Melter Skelter rating uh, would be uh, 3.5 out of five stars. Yeah. Uh, That's solid. Uh, yeah, solid. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, definitely uh, it, it would be average because of all of the jobber matches. But then, like, the quality of those jobber matches and the story that, that threaded through the episode for me kept it relatively watchable you know what i mean and enjoyable to watch and yeah looking forward to seeing the next episode i can't wait to see how the you know i i kind of remember the lumberjack match but i'm sure there's a lot we don't remember about it too you know yeah that's the joy of going back and watching all these old episodes there's stuff that i know happened but that i don't know how it got there you know and there's stuff you're gonna see through an adult lens that you didn't recognize as a kid right like (laughs) stuff that will make you laugh or giggle but yeah, that's absolutely it, man. Glad to be back on this show with you, man. It's felt Hell good yeah. to get an episode behind us um, and back in the saddle until next. What are we going to meet two weeks from now again, if we can? We haven't gone over the details, but you know, yep. as long as it works out for us, we'll be meeting two weeks from now to talk about the next episode. We have missed our pinheads. We have missed uh, doing this podcast and looking forward to a great 2022 and hopefully doing a lot and uh, spreading uh, this podcast to more pinheads as we go along. You have anything to add to this today, man? Glad to be back, man. Just glad to be back. <laughs> awesome, man. All right. Well, pinheads, thank you so much for tuning in and listening song. It was awesome, dude. We'll do this again in a couple weeks. Peace. As always, thank you so much for listening. Now we want to hear from you. You can hit us up at pinthechamppodcast at gmail.com. We're also on Twitter and Instagram at pinthechamp123. And our Google Voice number is 804-446-1139. We can't wait to hear from you.